0: We welcome you back to the nation. We're at the Texas Roadhouse here, the Morrell Road location, just adjacent to Westtown Mall. I'm with Austin Price. And we're going to go right to the phone lines and join my good friend, longtime buddy, a uh, an icon in SEC media circles, longtime columns from the Gainesville Sun, Pat Dooley. Pat, my friend, how are you tonight?
1: I'm doing good. How about you? Good good to doing hear great.
0: From you. It's always good to hear from you. Listen, uh, by the way, Kyle Pitts just called another touchdown pass.
1: <laughs> he's the unicorn man he is he's unlike anything I've ever seen
0: we we were talking in the first segment Pat and I told Austin I said Austin can you imagine two years ago if we'd been having a discussion about Mac Jones and Kyle Trask being the front runners for the Heisman Trophy people looked at us like we had four heads from your vantage point watching the season that Trask has put together and I know Dan Mullen has been a, uh, a quarterback whisperer over his years, but from your vantage point, watching what he's done, the numbers he's, numbers he's put up, and the kind of development he's made over the last couple of years, what's that been like? It, it's been amazing. I mean,
1: I go back to last summer when I uh, I asked to have an interview with Kyle Trask, and, um, and we sat down in the locker room, and, and, and I interviewed him. And his whole story was about why are you here? Why are you still here? You're not gonna play. You know, and, and he you know, he talked a lot about how I don't believe in giving up, I don't believe in the transfer portal, I'm I'm gonna stick it out and we'll see what happens. And and guess what happens? He ends up having a good year last year when Frank gets hurt and then of course is a Heisman uh I don't wanna I not don't, I don't ever say anybody's a front runner, because to me we I don't even think about who invokes vote for the Heisman until we were right near the end, but um, he's certainly
0: a candidate. Yeah, and I think it's, um, again, when you go back and look at Mullen's track record, you know, he's been able to, to do this with different styles of quarterback, Pat. I mean, guys that um, weren't always the most highly rated or highly recruited guy coming in and always seemed to get them to play the way he wants him to play at a high level and, and is really good at fitting what he wants to do offensively around those guys isn't he?
1: well yeah that's the thing I mean Kyle Trask was a you know like a one star recruit. Uh, when he the floor the previous staff, you know, especially Doug Nussmeyer and uh, Doug Nussmeyer to talk, Jim McAway to take them they saw him in a in a camp here in florida and they and they liked this talent but he wasn't starting and so when mullen walks in the door he's like why is there even a two-star guy on our on our roster is this is this part of the problem that we've got all these guys who who are not you know highly highly referred players but uh, he had to kind of understand where what kyle was able to do but let's not forget when he walked in the door he saw Felipe Franks and Went, wow! I got a guy who can run, a guy who's got a cannon arm. This could be another Dak Prescott, and and so he went with him. Which a lot of people now are saying, well, why would he have done that? But I think it makes sense when you when you when you're starting new on a job. And then um, of course Kyle Trask got hurt. Uh, got you know he was probably going to start the uh, South Carolina game and got hurt uh, in practice that week. And so uh, the year before, he broke his foot and missed the whole year. So there were other things working against Kyle and any chance he had to play. But it's been pretty amazing to watch uh, and just see how they're able to do this with an offense that lost four receivers in the NFL last year, you know, and and, and bring, out, bring on the next group of guys, you know. Um, and, of course, Kyle Pitts has been a big part of that.
2: Pat, it's Austin. Let's switch gears to the defense. Obviously, that's the, the group that, you know, if Florida's going to, you know, get past Alabama and, and, and get to the college football playoff and, and do those type of things, they're the group that has to kind of step up their game a little bit. Where have you seen them improve defensively from maybe that Ole Miss A&M kind of start to the season to now?
1: Well, they're better, but they're still not a great defense. Uh, they they still run in, in laps. They have lapses, especially early in games. I mean, the first few drives, Kentucky was just gashing them with the run, and they, they couldn't stop them, and they made some adjustments. They've got the personnel to do better than they do sometimes, and uh, in, in this case, you know, Kyrie Campbell was a big factor. He didn't play in those first three games, and it was huge not having him in the middle. They were kind of moving guys around. and They, they, they couldn't find themselves defensively. So they're a better defense, and here's the weird thing about this team: they uh, gave up 175 yards in the first half to Kentucky, uh, a team that doesn't throw the ball well, but they gave up 175 yards to them, and then they gave up, I think, 39 yards in the second. So they they do seem to have run in spurts, and and when they when they're good, they can be really good, and they had three picks in the game in the second half, all in the second half. But when they're bad, I mean, sometimes the Gator fans just sit there and go, what happened to a great defense that Florida usually
0: plays? Pat, we talked a little bit, the two of us earlier today, about the playoff picture, the SEC picture, et cetera. So let's let's say Florida and Bama meet in the SEC championship game. I think we all agree if, if Alabama wins, they're the easy number one seed. Florida wins, though, I think they're a lock. I mean, I know that there been maybe some discussion that that maybe there might depend on what happens, but I I just I have a hard time believing an SEC champion with one loss would ever not get into the playoff. To me, the bigger question is, if that's Bama's only loss and it's a close game, do you you think the tide's still getting at that point?
1: It's going to be well. It's going to depend a lot on what else is out there, what they have to choose from. Obviously, if Notre Dame. wins out and then beats Clemson in the championship game, Clemson's not getting in. If Clemson beats Notre Dame, now you got to look at Notre Dame and Clemson both. Um, you know, I don't know how seriously they're really going to look at Cincinnati. Um, BYU's got no chance. You know, it's not their fault that they played a bad schedule, but they hadn't played a bad schedule because some conferences shut down and wouldn't play against them. They had a great schedule uh, lined up. Um and I don't. I just don't see. Obviously, the 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 Big tw- or the Pac Twelve, and the, I don't think the Big Twelve is going to get anybody in. So it may it may have not not choices. I mean, where it could be, you get all Alabama and Texas A and M in to the playoffs. <laughs> can you, you know? imagine I mean, that, the gnashing of the teeth? Of realm of
0: can you imagine <laughs> if that scenario were to to occur, Pac? Can you imagine the gnashing of the teeth around the rest of the country?
1: Oh will lose their mind. And a lot of this is predicated on whether Ohio State plays enough games or not. If they, if they go 5-0 and and they can't play for a, for a championship, I know that they're going to try and do everything they can to get to six or seven games. Um, and, and I know that they're going to try to, even if they didn't get to the minimum required to play a championship game, they'll probably schedule somebody else. They'll play a game that day to try to get more wins. And I mean, you, you watch them play, and they're they're really good. I don't think they're any better than than Clemson or Notre Dame or, or Alabama, and maybe not better than Florida, or or, or uh, Texas A&M. So I don't just because they're, you know, they've got a really good team doesn't mean they deserve to be in it. So that's going to be the the thing we don't know if if, if Ohio State goes five and zero, and they're trying to to. Put together a last-minute game to get to six and zero. How is the committee going to look at them versus how they're going to look at a team that played an all-SEC schedule and went, you know, nine and one if it's Texas A&M, or certainly ten and one if it's Florida, or ten and one if say, Florida beat Alabama. So you would have three teams there that, that to me, seem more worthy than a than a five and zero, you know, Big Ten.
2: All right, Pat, let's play. Let's let, you're going to be the committee. This is how this thing shakes out. Right. Alabama loses a narrow game to Florida and Atlanta, A&M wins out and you got three SEC teams all have beat each other and have one loss. Ohio State does not meet the required requirements to get to the Big 10 Championship game and Notre Dame beats Clemson in the ACC title game giving Clemson two losses both to the Irish who are your four and in theory could you go you know I mean who, who, who gets in don't don't tempt me because I may go uh, I may
1: go Alabama Notre Dame hex plane in Florida that's what I mean, I'm saying I mean
2: it, 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 that's and, possible yeah
1: I mean and, <laughs> Can and you look, imagine? I would think it because look, the bottom line is if, if Florida beats Alabama Florida did what a and M couldn't do, even though A and M beat Florida by three points, um, you know, at home, early in the year. So I, I, boy, I tell you what, I, I think it's all predicated on Ohio State. But there's a lot of, a lot of it is, can Florida really beat Alabama? And right now, it's hard to see that scenario because Alabama's defense seems to have found itself and figured things out. You know, they can overcome all these COVID cases that are involving Saban. Um, You know, they've got a great offense, just like Florida has, but probably a better defense. We know they have better players in Florida. They've got better recruited, you know, more recruited five-star guys than Florida does. So, um, But, you know, it's college football, so we'll watch the game and see what happens.
0: That's right, man. Well, you know, Pat, I can never have a conversation without – Leave you on this note. Okay. Here we go.
1: Okay, Pat I <laughs> All right, I played, I played golf with the ball coach the other day. He did, was, uh, did, did he ca-
0: Did he count all of his strokes?
1: Oh, he you know, you know he counts them all.
0: And he counted he did, yours, uh, too. a couple
1: of times, though. We were playing with a guy, and he said, uh, I made you up six, you sure it wasn't seven? <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, he had a bad drive one time. He goes, too many back surgeries. So, uh, yeah, I know he's uh, he's struggling with his game right now, I think we all we're getting to that age where we can't we can't just pop it a long way the way we used to, but it's still always it's never um dull to be to play around a golf him. No
0: sure. No it's not. I, I tell you what, I know that probably a lot of Tennessee fans don't agree with me on this, but college football's not as much fun without the head ball coach on the sidelines. I um
1: No, and that and that's the great thing, Chris, is I still get him. I get him all the time. We talk he calls Oh He'll yeah. Ball at halftime at some games and then say, are we ever going to stop him, get the ball back?
0: <laughs> the random calls from the HBC, and I get them too, or there's nothing like them. Hey, listen, man, oh, I uh, I appreciate you spending some time with us, Pat, man. We look forward to catching up with you down the road, and uh, next time you play with him, tell him I said to be sure and put out those two- and three-foot putts, all right?
1: Yeah, well, he does, believe me. I, he, he, okay? he puts them all out, and he makes sure you do too. Oh, yeah,
0: oh, yeah. Well, Pat, thanks, buddy. Good catch-up, man. Anytime, buddy. We'll All right. That's Pat Dooley, a long-time veteran columnist with the Gainesville Sun, checking in with us tonight on The Nation.